Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail. So that way you can say, does this apply to me? And how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome there as well. If you're watching this from your profile on Fitbucks, welcome to uh, Fitbucks. Uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, first-time home buying. Basically, what are the mistakes we see people make? Uh, how do you set yourself up to make sure that you're doing everything right? What to look into? Have your all your ducks lined up before you even start searching? All that type of stuff. So that is what we're going to go through uh, today. Uh, before we do, if you are listening on the podcast, be sure to subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe there as well. So that way you get notified when new episodes come out. Share the word with your friends about Bitbucks. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. It benefits us, it benefits you, it benefits everybody involved. So please take the time to do that. First time home buying. All right. I'm going to jump right into this. Um, see the benefits buying the first time home buyer um, versus like a regular buyer. When you're a first-time home buyer, you can qualify for different types of mortgages that you typically can't qualify for once you have already bought a house, okay? These special loans basically make it so that way you don't have to put 20% down payment. Now, are they the best? Not always because they got some insurance on them that you have to pay, the, the interest rates might be higher and whatnot, but if you go on, say you're on Fitbox and you, you say, hey, should I rent versus buy? And you use our AI for that. And it says, yeah, you should buy. Um, sometimes the first time home buyer's loan is the only one that you can use, but it still makes financial sense for you to do it versus renting. Okay. Um, now, and that's why sometimes the reason why I bring it up is because I've heard some financial people be like, if you can't afford 20% down, you shouldn't be buying a house. It's like, um, well, maybe not. But if your rent's so damn high, Maybe it is a better option to buy a house, right? So using the first-time home buyer's loans and whatnot can potentially get you in the house. And the benefit is you need a lot lower of a down payment in order to get into them. Now, we're going to kick this off with the five mistakes that I see most often that people make when they're buying their first house. The number one, this is by far the biggest one, they underestimate expenses and cost. And this is in multiple stages, okay? They underestimate how much it's actually gonna take to close on a house. Like when they're sitting there saying, well, how much of a down payment do I need? Okay, they set their savings goal. I need to save $20,000 for this down payment. There's other fees that are involved in buying a house. Most of the time they range from like $3,000 to $10,000. And sometimes you can get the seller to, to, to pay for them or whatnot. But most of the time you can't, like, especially in a seller's market, which most of the time right now, that's what it's been. You're going to have to pay those costs. So a lot of times people underestimate what it is. Not only is that, but after you buy the house, like moving costs, people underestimate how much it's going to cost to move stuff. And then once they have the house, the upkeep and everything, they underestimate those costs as well. So really look at how much 
it's going to cost to own a house. Not just buy a house, but own the house. So that's number one. Um, the second one is that they make a big purchase right before buying a house. So one of the big things that they look at is what's called debt-to-income ratios. Long story short, the lower your student loan payments are, the lower your car payments are, the easier it is to qualify for a house. So I see people do this all the time. They make two big mistakes. They'll say, well, I want to buy a house, and then they go out and buy a car, and they get a $500 to $1,000 monthly payment on it. Well, that's going to make it a lot harder to qualify for a mortgage. And if you do qualify, you're going to qualify for less of a mortgage. Or I see them do something like, well, I'm going to do a student loan refinance, and I'm going to do like a five-year student loan refinance because I want to pay it off quickly. And now the five-year monthly payment's really high, and now you can't get a house. Okay, And that doesn't mean, by the way, don't refinance your student loans. It actually, you should refinance your student loans prior to buying a house because the monthly payment's already on your DTI ratio. But you should be smart about it. You don't go from like a 10-year to a five-year because the, mo the monthly payment's going to be really high. But you can do like a 10-year to a 10-year or a 10-year to a 15-year, so on and so forth. Again, I'm not going to dive into that student loan piece because um, that's something that we talk about on other podcasts and other episodes and whatnot. Um, but if you have questions on that, let your FitBoss coach know. Like, We'll be able to make sure that you're not doing something stupid with your student loans or a car payment or something like that. But that's the second mistake. The third one is they try to do everything by themselves. All right. Um, this is a, you got to have a team thing when you're buying property. And you got to have a good team, a good real estate agent, good mortgage broker. Those are the two big things. Like, should you be paying mortgage points or not? What type of mortgage should you be using? They should be able to drill down into that. I haven't found very many that actually are able to work with you with mortgage points. That's one of the big reasons why on Fitbox we have our mortgage point calculator. So that way we, we can work with you to figure out, you know, should you be paying points or not? But when it comes to like interest-only loans, adjustable rate mortgages, all that type of stuff, it's got to fit into your plan. You got to have a team going into this. Um, number four. This is a big one. Expecting to buy your dream house. People are like, oh, I want my dream house. Like, this is going to be my forever home. I will tell you right now, you will never buy your dream house. Ever. Because every house out there that you go to look at is going to have something wrong with it that your dream house wouldn't. The only way you're going to be able to get your dream house is to one day build one. That's it. Okay, so your expectations of what you're going to be getting, temper them. Okay, um, that's number four. Number five, skipping the home inspection. I see people like, I don't want to pay for that. Pay for it. Okay, and make sure you have a good inspector. Your real estate agent, again, this is part of your team, should know people that are good with in inspections. Okay, and I'll give you an example. Like, this wasn't our first home, but we bought a new home in Texas and we got the home inspection because like I said always get one and I didn't look into the person like who was doing it because the house had a warranty on it so it's like look it's a new house not that much can be that can be bad on it and if it is bad I got a year to figure it out too they did the inspection they missed like in our bedroom above like the master bedroom they forgot to put the insulation in the ceiling. The inspector never even caught it. Not only did our inspector not catch it, the city inspector didn't catch it. It's like, how, how do you not catch that? All I got to do is look. Like the air conditioning unit wasn't connected. Like the wiring in the wall wasn't connected. The air conditioning unit was not installed correctly. It was put in the wrong place with the wrong dimensions. Like these things that the inspectors didn't catch. That's why it's so important to have a good inspector. 
I mean, I, I again, I would have normally have really drilled into inspectors on my own, but because it was a new house, I was like, well, we got a warranty, so I could figure this stuff out over time over the next year. If that wouldn't have happened, if this would have been like a used house and I had that same inspector, I would have been screwed. All right, so make sure you have a good inspector. So those are the first five things I want to touch about today. Five big mis mistakes that people make. Again, I'll, I'll summarize these. Underestimating cost, making a big purchase right before uh, buying the home or messing up something on their DTI ratios, doing it by themselves, not having a team, expecting to buy the dream house, and skipping the home inspection. Those are the first five things that we typically look for. Now, one of the things that you're going to want to do also is when you're looking at homes, tour the homes. And just don't look at it being like, I love this bathroom and I love this kitchen and it has a pool and falling in love with the features. When you tour a house and you're really thinking about buying it, you got to look details. These are some of the things that you need to start looking for. Okay. First of all, does it have what you need nearby it? So for example, are you married? You have kids? Is the school location really important to you? Are you single? Do you want to be in like a party area? Is this a short-term house? Like what's your goal? Are you going to flip it and sell it and buy something else? Is it something that you want to rent out in the future? Is it in a rentable area? These are all things that you need to look at. One of the big ones, how far do you have to travel for work? When we were first looking at moving out to Texas, the first two houses that we put offers in on, I asked my wife, I said, are you comfortable with where these are at? And she said, yeah, what she didn't realize was how far away they were from the freeways. And just to get to the freeway in order to get to downtown, it would have taken her an extra 20 minutes. Okay, and she's so happy that we ended up buying in a different location that's like really close to a toll road. She could shoot right down to downtown Austin in like 20 minutes. If we would have bought the other two houses that we initially had been looking at, her commute instead of being like 20, 30 minutes would have been like 50 or 60 minutes. It's a big deal. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, the home structure. You got to look at everything, appliances, flooring, landscaping, roof. These things, if, if they're in bad condition, you're going to have to fix them. I, I remember we when we started looking at Texas, we found a house that's probably about a half a mile from us. And I, I, I was like, this is awesome. It's five bedrooms. It was like 4,200 square feet. It was sitting on um, three quarters of an acre. Like it was huge and a new development. So you don't ever find that. And the house was about seven years old. And we had just put in the offer into the house that we already were actually ended up buying. And I was like, do we, do we turn away and, and just eat these, this cost that we put on for our, our option money on the house and go in and buy this other one. And I was really kind of planning doing it while I was looking at the house and I walked outside to the front. And I was looking at the front of the house and on the, in the garage, the cross beam that, of wood that goes across the garage was bowing and it was cracked in half. And right down the middle of the driveway was a massive crack. And I told our, our real estate uh, agent, I said, before you do anything, I want to get a structural engineer out here and look at this because this is not normal. And sure enough, that whole piece of the house was going to have to be completely redone. That would have been like a fifty, sixty thousand dollars job because it had to do with the foundation settling and all that type of shit. It was like, oh, hell no, I'm not buying this house. Because if you don't fix that, I've also seen houses where that crack ended up going right through the middle of the house. Those are the things that you need to look at.
especially flooring and whatnot. It's, you want to look for damage in the flooring. People drop water and stuff, they don't clean it up. You can see bubbles in the flooring, not good. That's the second one. The third one is, is related to that, that's water damage, okay? Water damage, if you don't know what you're looking at, oftentimes it's very, very easy to cover up, okay? Like I know people, it's supposed to be disclosed, but I've seen sellers, you'll see like a brown water spot on their ceiling. They'll go in and, and just paint over it. And they're supposed to disclose that to you, but they don't. And it's like, how are they ever gonna find out, right? Like they don't disclose it. So you wanna look at things like, is the paint matching? If the paint's not matching, something happened there. They patched it, okay? Um, you wanna look for streaks, like little brown streaks. You wanna look at bowing, like does it, does it, uh, fluctuate because that could be water damage sitting on top um you know mold in the walls that's all done in the inspection stuff but you got to look at all that you got to figure that all out before you buy the house because again it could be very very expensive in order to fix that um another one is the fourth one big thing to look for it, when you're doing a tour is is smells and odors and a lot of people think well i can just get rid of this uh cats dog smell wet damp smell Cigarette smell. It's like, oh, well, we could just get re replace that. It is hard. It gets into drapes. It gets into the walls. It gets into the carpet. You got to replace carpet. You got to repaint walls. You got to replace drapes. It's hard to get out. Again, some of the houses I've looked at, I'll give you a random example, right? Uh, actually, two random examples. One, cats. I'm highly allergic to cats. I, I mean, I'm just destroyed when I smell cats. I walked in this house, know how hard it is to get rid of cat dander. I don't care if you vacuum and all that type of stuff. It lingers. And I'm like, I can't, I can't even, I looked at one room in the house. I was like, get me out of here. I can't be in this house. That's number one. Another time, for example, uh, I went to, to look at a house. Um, Indian couple, curry. I love Indian food. I love it. I'll eat it all day long. I don't want to smell it all day long. And they cooked a ton. The whole house smelled like, like curry you it's extremely hard to get that smell out of the house like i know people that have bought houses like that where they've had to replace like cabinets and everything because they can't get the smell out okay so that's another thing you want to go in and check the last thing is storage space okay oftentimes i see people they're like oh we bought this house they don't realize there's no storage space so then they have to buy storage stuff for their garage they buy to go buy storage units somewhere else like you want to look at the storage space. Is this going to be enough for what we have? Okay. Um, so those are the five things to look at on a tour. Again, what do you need? Is it nearby? Like schools and whatnot, travel for work, home, the structure of the house. Okay. Landscaping, roofing, all that type of stuff. Water damage. Do you see any water damage? Is there smells? Because you're going to be hard to get those smells out. Storage space. Okay. Five things there. Next five things we're going to talk about is... Actually, going back to number one, expenses that I talked about, like that's the number one thing that people overlook. I'm going to talk about next the five most common expenses that people don't expect. Okay. Number one, I touched on already closing costs and fees, attorney's fees, lender's fees, appraisal fees, title fees. There's fees after fees after fees when you buy a house. Got to make sure that you incorporate those. So, your real estate agent and your brokers should be able to tell you what those fees are up front. Okay. Uh, oftentimes property taxes and homeowners insurance, that's number two. Uh, people don't, when they're doing all their budgeting and stuff, they don't estimate what the property taxes are going to be. And the homeowners insurance, they don't estimate right either. They don't, they don't think about that. So there's homeowners insurance and there's also 
the third one, which is mortgage insurance. Like if you're if you're doing a first time home buyer's loan, you're gonna have or you're not putting twenty percent down on you're gonna have mortgage insurance that you're gonna pay in one form or another. So those are two added costs that people don't look at. Fourth one they don't think about is inspections. Again, I brought that up uh, because of inflation. A lot of times inspections cost around a thousand dollars, and you you should be doing it. Uh, the last big one is HOA fees. Again, people don't think about that either. Um, and those are the big five, right? Closing costs and fees, property tax, homeowners insurance. The third one is property mortgage, uh, private mortgage insurance. I'm sorry. The fourth one's inspections, and the fifth one is HOA fees. Like those are costs coming out of your pocket up front and every month. So make sure that you're you're looking into those. Um, first time home buyers options for your mortgages. This is one of the big ones I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about five of them specifically. A lot of fives in this podcast, huh? Um, but five of them specifically. Okay. First one is the most traditional first-time home buyers loan. It's actually called the first-time home buyers loan. It's an FHA loan. It's done through the Federal Housing Administration. Basically, it requires you to put down three and a half percent down payment. Very generous underwriting. So it's very easy to qualify for the government. You know, they, they like getting people in the loans that can't afford them because after all, it helps with them uh, getting votes if people feel like they're getting ahead because um, they can own a house. So they really reduce the underwriting criteria so that way they can get votes. Um, sorry, that's me being sarcastic if you guys couldn't tell. Um, but that doesn't mean those loans are bad. Again, on all these, by the way, make sure you can afford the house too. Like make sure you're doing something good. Um, I'll talk about that more in a few minutes. Um, but with those loans, you can have lower qual- uh, credit scores, still qualify. The DTI ratios are more lenient. However, they do have higher interest rates and you do have to pay for insurance and you can't get that insurance off until you either sell the house or you refinance out of that loan. Okay. So that's an FHA loan. Uh, the next two most popular are Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. These are con- called conventional loans. Uh, most of the time you're going to have to put down at least 10% down payment on them. Um, they do have fixed rate mortgages on them. They're considered the best fixed rates because they have the lowest interest rates on them. Um, so that's one thing that you could be shooting for if you're trying to get lower interest rates. They are harder to qualify for because they're a conventional loan. Um, they're getting easier to qualify for. It's always these, these things, right? So like leading into 2008, it was very, very easy to qualify for these. Like the government made these companies lend on these things. They made it easy to get a loan and everything blew up and the government was like, we can't believe you did this. It's like, well, you told us to. So then they made it really, really hard again to get them. And now it's getting easier and easier to get these loans again. So it's like, it's just a cycle, but they do have the lowest interest rates. Um, Also on those, if you only put 10% down, you do have to pay insurance. But once you have 20% equity in your house, the insurance automatically drops off. Okay. So um, over time, it could be a cheaper option for you. Uh, so that's Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, conventional loans, you might hear them called. The next ones are, are three more unique situations. Uh, the first one is a USDA home loan. Um, this is where you go off, they consider them rural areas. And I always tell people, look into these because you would think like, oh, this is in a rural area. You'd be surprised on what they classify as rural. Uh, so a lot of you might qualify for these, um, like out here in Austin, like downtown Austin, you're not qualifying for these, but you can go out like 15 to 20 minutes and qualify for them. And you're like, well, wait, this is kind of a city, but it's like, no, like this is considered rural. Um, they don't require any down payment and they have pretty cheap mortgage insurance. 
Um, okay, so however, in order to qualify for these, there's income caps. So you can't make over a certain amount of money in order to qualify for them. Um, they are typically cheaper than FHA loans, like the first time home buyers loans I talked about earlier, but they're also harder to qualify for. Um, so if you can get a USDA loan, potentially be actually a pretty good loan for you if you qualify for it. Okay. The other one's a VA loan. These are if you've been a veteran. Um, again, no down payment, no mortgage insurance. If you're a veteran, most likely you're going to be buying a house with a VA loan. Uh, I will touch some strategy for you guys. Sometimes I see uh, people from the military do this. They'll buy one home with the VA loan. They use it as their primary for two or three years. And then they leave their spouse off of that loan. And then when they go to buy, they want to buy like another house or a rental property. They'll use the FHA first time home buyers loan with their spouse because their spouse qualifies for it. Um, and then they go and live in that house for two or three years and then rent that one. So they acquire property. Actually, my neighbor down the street, he's done that. He goes back and forth between the two. And he says, I think he has like six properties now doing that. So if you're in the VA, you're a veteran, take advantage of some of those strategies. The fifth one, and a lot of you in healthcare will qualify for these, um, they're professional mortgage loans. Um, some of them call them doctor loans. There's actually, you don't have to be a doctor to qualify for these. You could be any type of uh, certain medical profession. So NPs, PAs, uh, PTs, they qualify for them. Lawyers, dentists qualify for them. It just depends. Some of them are like 0% down. Some of them are 3% down, depending on your, your profession. However, they may be more costly. So some people will come to us and say, which one's better? Like uh, professional mortgage loan or FHA? Really, it's all about timing, what's going on in the economy. Sometimes professional mortgage loans are way better than FHA loans, and sometimes it's vice versa. You just have to go and apply for both of them. But this is what I was talking about. Like when you've got a mortgage team, a good mortgage broker is going to be able to compare your, these different options, both FHA, conventional, USDA, VA, and professional mortgage loans. They should be able to tell you and mix and match. Um, those of you that have been listening to this for a while, like we have a partner, Neo Home Loans. They're fantastic at this. Same thing with our other uh, partner, Movement Mortgage. They're fantastic at this. And they'll help you say, hey, should you buy points or not? But they should be looking at all these. A lot of times people will just be like, oh, it's FHA. Because that's all they can sell. They don't have the lines to do these other products. So you want to make sure you got a good mortgage broker that's on your team, right? Good mortgage lender will save you a lot of money, a lot of money. So those are the five types of loans that you can get. Um, other items to know. Know what your debt to income ratio. Actually, I'm going to go through the three, what we call the three C's. Okay. Credit, collateral, quality. Okay. That's what a lender is looking at in determining qualifications and interest rates. So the first one, how they judge those things are debt to income ratios. So what percentage of your income is going out to paying off debt? And that's all debt. Mortgages, student loans, all that type of stuff. So know what that's going to be because that's going to affect what you qualify for in terms of a mortgage. Uh, loan to value ratio, again, that's how much debt you're going to have to have towards versus the house value. So like if you have a $500,000 house, a loan of $482,500, that is a loan to value ratio of 96.5%. And that's what it would be on an FHA loan. Okay. That's another way of saying that is three and a half percent down. Okay. So just know what that loan to value ratios are, because again, it's going to affect the type of loan you qualify for. Um, the other part of those three C's is your credit score, which that's a whole different concept, but just know what your credit scores are too, because that's going to affect what you qualify for. Another thing to know is the types of loans and interest rates. 
So adjustable rate mortgages versus fixed rate mortgages. Adjustable rate, maybe you do if, if you don't plan on being in the house a long time. Um, types of mortgages like interest only versus fixed, all that type of stuff. Just, you know, if you're going to plan on being in the house in a long time, you want to keep it simple. Just fixed rates and you don't want them fluctuating. If it's more of an investment property or a short-term thing, that's where you can start looking at like adjustable rates, interest only loans, all that type of stuff. Again, that's a whole nother video, another podcast. So um, we'll put a link to that in the description, okay? Um, last piece I'll leave you this. Actually, two last things. Know how much you can afford. You guys that have been listening to this for a while, you know I say this all the time, if you're new, what you qualify for in a mortgage is not what you can afford. Okay, and this is something that I see, I hear it all the time from people even making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Now, I bought a house and now I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I underestimated the expenses. I thought I could do this. It was a horrible decision. You don't want to buy a house you can't afford. Okay, and if you guys are questioning what you can afford, again, we have our AI tools out there on the profiles that you put your data in and it will go through and say, this is how much you can afford. Okay, again, what if you should buy versus rent is different than what you can afford because you could be in a situation where we say you can't afford a house, but then you use our other AI tool that tells you, hey, you should buy into the rent. This is because your rent's so expensive. It's, it's really, you can't afford rent or buying a house in the area that you live in. But if you're gonna stay there, since you're paying so much in rent, you might as well buy, All right, That's what that's telling you. So just make sure you know what's going on with your financial situation. So that way you're not blindsided by these things. Last thing I'll talk about, be prepared to make an offer Make it fast and have all your ducks lined up. We're in very competitive markets in most places in the United States, even though housing is all over the place, economies, it's still competitive in a lot of places. You gotta have all your ducks lined up in a row and say, hey, like I'm pre-qualified, I got this, I got this, I got this. Here's my offer go, right? You can't wait around, should we offer, should we not? Because most likely you're gonna lose the house. So be prepared, all right? So thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you there as well. If you're on the uh, FitBus profile, thanks for being a member. I hope you guys got a lot out of this video. If you got any questions, you know how to get a hold of us, become a FitBucks member, contact your coach. We'll talk to you guys soon.